The United States has had one of the most powerful militaries in human history. Our technology, training, and the will to fight for the right thing has always made us a formidable country when it when in a scrape. Uh, one of the things the military has done is stayed out of politics. The following, they follow orders of the commander-in-chief and usually never comment about his policies or his decisions or that of any political party or any opinions about the military from, let's say, the press or regular people. When you see a general on television, he usually is just telling you what the military has done during their missions. That's about it. Outside of that, they pretty much stay out of the way. Unfortunately, our military is an institution and the left must control all aspects of every institution. Once the military was immune to political or cultural influence, uh, not anymore and not with the left. Since we have a growing conflict brewing between China and plenty of other enemies like North Korea, Russia, um, Russia, uh, Venezuela, Iran, let's talk about our military and the consequences if the left gets its claws into it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Took yesterday off. Wasn't feeling all that great. So let's get right into it. And then not to mention, it just hasn't been a beautiful news day, so there hasn't been a lot to talk about. Uh, there are some things that are happening, though. Uh, but first, I want to talk about the military, because this seems to be the uh, uh, conflict de jour. The military has always been above politics. Uh, just about everyone appreciates them. Not everybody, but just about everybody. And most do not get mixed up with them. They stay out of it. The press, pol politicians, they'll just basically leave them alone, or they have for the last couple of hundred years. And the military basically stays out of everything. Politically, they were able to do whatever they had to do in order to complete their mission. This led to many victories up until about the Korean War. But then things turned for the worse. Uh, during the Korean and Vietnam Wars, the military was used more as a pawn for the politicians. They could not do their jobs because the politicians had, you know, as the wars, as these wars became more televised and people could see that, hey, newsflash, war sucks. People began to be more pacifistic. That's why in the 60s, during the Vietnam War, people began to say, hey, uh, uh, we don't like the Vietnam War. And that caused us pretty much to basically end up with uh, the loss of North Korea to the communists and the loss of North Vietnam to the communists. Of course, these losses were not actually fighting losses. They were losses politically. The military basically won both wars. Politicization of the military can also be seen in the wars in the Middle East. The military was not popular with the Iraqi people, and they did everything they could to demonize the military. Abu Ghraib didn't help, enhanced interrogations, and the deaths of child terrorists by the military were shown on television, and all this overshadowed the deaths of our own military personnel or the evils of the terrorists that were actually trying to take over those countries. But looking back, that was nothing compared to what our polit politicians are trying to do to the military today. Uh, woke culture is now coming after the military, and it's coming after it with a vengeance. 
As usual, the military is complying. But it also seems that the woke culture has poisoned some of the people in the military and the generals that actually control the policy. This can be a really bad thing. The last thing we need with a, the growing threat of China is to have a military that is more worried about wokeness than, say, killing people and destroying things, which, by the way, is their job. Let's take a look at some of the things the military is implementing that I think are extremely toxic. The first thing is Joe Biden decided to end the transgender ban that was started by President Trump. This was implemented per request of the military. Now, I was going to give you the reason why Trump decided to ban the transgender movement. Um, and we will talk about that. But Biden just says that the transgender mo mo movement, the transgender ban is a bad thing because, let's listen to him. What I'm doing is enabling all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform. Is it me or does this guy sound like he's asleep every time he speaks? Okay, well, back to this. Now, I know this is not going to be a popular statement, and I could get into big trouble being heard to say this, but the reason trans people cannot be in the military is because they do not qualify to be in the military. Trans people are actually seen by the psychological community as having a mental disorder known as gender dysphoria. Though the main psychological association in the United States watered for watered down by woke reasons still considers gender dysphoria a real mental issue. It is still defined in the DSM. I think one of the things they've changed it, they made it that it's for younger kids. Well, the reality is the DSM-4, we're currently on the DSM-5, but the DSM-4 said it was something that occurs in adults also. And before you could have a gender reassignment surgery, you had to go through the psychological process because they wanted to make sure such a life-changing event was something one was very clear on. The military does not take trans people just like they don't take people with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, even low counts of depression they will not take if so, someone has ever been depressed they won't take a trans they that person is not taken into the military the last thing the military wants on the battlefield is people who are going to be unpredictable when the fighting gets going they also have to worry about what happens to these people after they leave the battlefield trans people have a suicide rate that approaches 40%, and that's without the stresses of war. What's going to happen when you throw a little PTSD into the mix, right? If This is one of the reasons why the military doesn't like, doesn't want trans people in. When Trump signed that executive order, he didn't do it in a vacuum. He did it because the military told him they shouldn't serve because of their maladies. And Trump didn't also didn't sign it, the bill, sign the order, because he hates trans people. He signed it because he was actually protecting them. And that's what the military was telling him. I don't know if he intended to do it for this reason, 
maybe he does hate trans people, but considering he was in Hollywood for so long, I kind of doubt that. The military did tell him that this war was not the place to deal with some of these issues. And along with the, uh, along with the allowing trans people into the military, the Defense Department now has to pay for trans operations, sex change operations. This absolutely amazes me. It amazes me because a guy who is having that much of an issue being a guy shouldn't be a Marine. Also, and this is forgotten, sex change operations are extremely expensive. And I don't personally want my tax dollars. They're about $100,000 a surgery. And I don't want my tax dollars going to this type of thing. This is what Defense Secretary uh, under Biden, Lloyd Austin, said. Quote, prospective recruits may serve in their self-identified gender when they have met the appropriate standard for accession into the military services. I would assume what he means by that is he means once you get through basic and maybe your MIS school, but that's typically in the first year. Continues, this revised policy will also ensure all medically necessary transition. Okay, this is another, this is another issue. Um, sex change operations are not med medically necessary. And every doctor will tell you this. Sex change operations are cosmetic. Uh, this revised policy will also ensure all medically necessary transition-related care authorized by law is available to service all service members and will re-examine all cases of transgender service members that may be in some form of adverse administrative proceedings. So in other words, basically, if the guy gets through, the guy gets through and uh, a doctor says... He says he's a trans, and you can't you can't say he's not. He can. The military will review the case and allow for a hundred thousand dollar surgery, plus all the time it's going to take for recovery. Hmm. And again, something that bothers me: medically necessary. There is no transition that's medically necessary. Nothing, even the hormones, not necessary. The hormones. A lot of people say it. It's a depression if they don't have... No, there's absolutely no evidence that's the case. It's Some even say that the medi, the hormones that is, are given trans people are actually make them more depressed. So, But no one's bothered to study, and anybody who does study it is, is, is shut up. So outside of that, there are a couple problems. First, taxpayer expense. This is not something. This is a an elective cosmetic surgery... This is not something that should be paid for by the taxpayer, especially since a lot of taxpayers do not actually support this. Second, the surgery can be done while the server is still uh, the soldier is still serving. And the recovery time for these types of surgery is quite lengthy. For me, it seems like the soldier will be spending more time getting the surgery, getting the hormone treatments, and getting the uh, and having the recovery, than he or she will be serving. That seems to be a problem. If you get through your six years, okay, maybe, but even then, it's kind of iffy. I don't think taxpayer money should be going to a cosmetic surgery. 
Finally, watch all the trans people join the military with no intention of serving. But those free sex change operations... I just think this is dumb. I think this is poison. It's unnecessary. And the army and the military, it's something they have to deal with now. And I think they've got more important things in the world, like training, like getting the technology, like understanding what's going on with China and what they're strategizing in case of conflict. This is not an issue that the army should be, the military, I say army because I was in the army, should be dealing with. It's crazy. Next area that the military is beginning to change is critical race theory. Racism, it's everything today. It's everywhere. White, all white people are racist. No one else is, just white people. We all have privilege and crap like that. And even if we seem to be living a hard life, white people still have privilege. I had a very interesting debate with someone who is a moderate liberal, and I know her well. And she was arguing that she believes there's that racism is part of our, our mode. And she's in college right now, so she's younger, and they're teaching her this crap. What's worse, she's beginning to believe some of it. She's even spouting the same platitudes that the left always spouts, and I point that out. I said, "You sound like a book." This is stuff that, this is stuff that everyone says. But then when you sit there and you start pointing some things out, for example, the 1965 Civil Rights Bill or 64 Civil Rights Bill and the War on Poverty by Lyndon Johnson, also, and say that's pretty much where this stuff started. They have she has no answer. And when I tell her, you know something, this race thing has only been around for about maybe the since Barack Obama became president. There was no racism before then. Matter of fact, race wasn't even a top 10 problem in the 2000s. It became a problem after Barack Obama became president. But and I think that kind of got through to her a little bit. I mean, when she was in um, when she was when Barack Obama was elected as president, she was like seven or eight so she was very young well the military is implementing critical race theory and even recommending books on it the united states navy's most recent suggested reading list include included the book how to be an anti-racist by uh ibram x kendi here's the problem with ibram x kendi's book it's discriminatory and it's racist as a matter of fact, in his book, he even says discrimination is the uh, discrimination for today for black people is the only way we can excuse discrimination from the 60s against black people. And in the future, the discrimination that we have today, that's discrimination that should be eliminated. We deal with that discrimination then. In other words, Discrimination never ends. We always are going to have uh, discrimination. Always. White people are always going to be racist. And when they're discriminated against, that's good because that makes up for Jim Crow, which Ibram X. Kendi never lived through. He's an academic. With the military, especially when we're talking about war, one of the things the military does when they train people is that they are not 
they are not individuals. They are not groups. That people in the military, people in the army, in the navy, in the marines, they are all in the army, navy, marines. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your religion. It doesn't matter your sex. It, the movie Full Metal Jacket, right in the beginning of the movie, where the soldiers are lining up, and the master, the drill sergeant is telling them that they are all equal and they're all equally worthless. That's what they do. They don't use as many racial slurs or start smacking people like they did. That's why I didn't play it here. Smacking people like they did in the movie uh, anymore. They used to do that. But but the fact is, it's, it still remains the same. The, the deal is the military does not see, does not break people up into groups. You're not, a, you're not a black person. You are a Marine. You're not a white person. You are a Marine. You're not a woman. You are a Marine. This type of behavior, this decisive, divisive behavior is bad for the military. And it goes against the entire philosophy of the military. But now the military is pushing that divisiveness. This is not going to be a good thing. I do not want the guy that is sitting next to me I do not want to have to worry about whether he's going to be there for me when something happens or when I get shot or when he gets shot. He shouldn't have to worry either. I should see him as only a Marine, not as a black man. But that's the crap they're pushing. And what critical race theory does, which really destroys this, is critical race theory makes it so that he should have a chip on his shoulder. If he's a black man and he's next to me, he's already pissed at me and he should be. That's what critical race theory basically stands. And I'm a lesser human being because of it. Is that who you want next? Is that the kind of philosophy the military should be training people with? I don't think so. I don't think so. And it's going to make it's going to make things very hard during conflicts if you break everybody up into groups. What's going to happen later? Are we going to have only platoons of black men and platoons of white men and platoons of Asian men? Is that where we're heading? I tell you what, I'm going to t take a big leap of faith. I'm going to say, yeah, that's exactly where that's going to be heading. And that is not good for the country. Another big push, which is, again, only been around for like the last 10 years, has been to get women, not just into the military, but onto the battle battlefields. Now, I don't understand this. It really doesn't make sense to me why anyone would want to get on, but that's fine. The problem is the military does have a standardized physical test. And those standardized physical tests to get into the get onto the uh, into the infantry is quite rigorous. You have to do a certain number of push-ups. You have to be able to do a certain number of pull-ups. You have to uh, run at a certain speed. And this is done for obvious reasons. Because on the field, you need to be strong. You need to be fast. You may need to be uh, agile. And that's because you got to fight. You may have to carry men off the field. You need to pick up ammunition. It's work. It's real physical work. Now, here's the problem with the standardized testing in the military. And this is just the standardized test. We're not even talking about if you want to be a Navy SEAL or a Ranger or a Green Beret. 
the physical fitness standards for those are far higher. Okay, well, here's the problem. With the standardized physical fitness testing that the military has, the criteria that they have today, it's found that 90% of women can't pass them. Okay? And they say that's sexist. Oh, my God. You know something? If I'm shot, I don't want that 95-pound woman next to me who's never going to be able to pick my fat ass up and drag me to a, a medic. That's part of the reason they have these physical fitness tests. Now, when someone said, oh, women broke the barrier, they be became pilots. Um, actually, I always thought women would probably do very well in certain areas, including being pilots. But when you're on the battlefield and you're actually getting shot at, that's a different story. And when someone gets hit and you need to count on the strength of the individual next to you. The raw strength has nothing to do with political correctness. You're actually worried about the strength or the speed that an individual runs. Yeah, you can't mix this stuff. And I sure as hell wouldn't want to be in a combat situation with someone who couldn't carry me or someone who, I mean, someone, if I'm in that position, I'll be able to carry her, obviously, because I qualified. But now they're talking about lowering the standards, which is absolutely insane. You know something? What's weird? China is not doing any of this stuff. China's not doing any of this stuff. Matter of fact, the Chinese government is, has, the Chinese military has complained that they were not masculine enough in their military. And they needed to become more masculine in their military. And what they mean is they need stronger, fiercer soldiers than they did they had in the past. And by the way, and that's one of the other things. Men are just we got testosterone flying through us. We are more aggressive. We are more violent. There's a reason we're stronger because we're more aggressive and we're also more violent. And that's what we need in a war. We don't need political correctness on a battlefield. We need someone who's going to kill people. And if he needs to help another individual, he'll be strong enough to be able to help that other individual during a battle. So this is really scary. It's scary because every other country, every other country in the world is admitting that this is a thing, that they need to become stronger, faster, fiercer than anybody else in the world, and that's what's going to make them. If we're too busy worrying about transgender surgeries, and the Chinese military is laughing at us, we're too worried about transgender surgeries and making sure we have enough women on the battlefield? Yeah. Let's see how that's going to work out if we got a war. And by the way, the, the uh, United States Air Force has just did a test to determine... They, they do uh, simulations to determine how we would do against a lot of these other countries. Guess what? They're not sure we could win against China. As a matter of fact, there are enough tests that shows we'd lose right now. And that's because we are becoming soft. The Chinese, on the other hand, they don't permit their military to become soft. This is the difference between real life and wokeism is that there is real life and real life is not 
is not comfortable. Great quote from a movie called Fury, where a the soldier, the soldiers. It's about a it's a World War II movie about um, a group uh, a team of tank drivers, and one of the new drivers is actually new to war, and he's having a real hard time killing anybody. And he walk. The sergeant is trying to convince this guy. He's trying to bring him out of his shell because he's going to have to fight. He's going to have to kill. And the new guy, he's a really good guy, and he wants to kind of ease him into the military. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to actually break the guy because the other tank members—they're all very cold. They all are very lost. It's a—it's a, really a movie about character. Okay, it really is a movie about character. It's a very good movie. But one of the things he said, found, one of, it, it was a scene where he brought the new guy up to an office where a bunch of Nazi generals and their girlfriends were all dead from suicide because they knew the Americans were coming. And the kid asked the sergeant, why are you showing me this? Because he was disgusted and he was just shocked by it. And the sergeant, who, by the way, was played by Brad Pitt, sat back and said, ideals are peaceful. History is violent. Well, you can replace that. And it's a great quote. I'll never forget that quote. It's a fantastic quote. And I tell I tell my daughters, I tell this all the time, you know something? Um, concepts are usually peaceful and, and right and just. The world is not. And I think one of the problems with wokeism is it's trying to create justice in a world that just doesn't really care. It just moves on. And sometimes it's violent. It's not always pleasant. So the next area, finally, that I want to talk about that I just can't believe is happening is how the military is actually entering the political sphere. Last week, Joe Biden promoted two women to be generals. Um, again, this was made out to be something absolutely historical, but it wasn't. Uh, Donald Trump also promoted women as generals. Do you know why? The women were qualified to be generals. That's really why. Let's not forget, basically the military, when we talk about physical fitness, we're talking for fighting. That doesn't mean women don't have the strategy, the mental acuity, or even the emotion to be able to be successful in the military and be trusted by the military. That's not what anyone is saying. We're just saying when it comes to fighting, unless you can pass a standardized physical test, you probably shouldn't be fighting in the battlefield. Okay, anyway, Tucker Carlson... Uh, had an opinion on this on his Tucker Carlson show, and it got everybody in a tither. Here's about a minute. Uh, com here's about a minute on the comments that Tucker Carlson made. So on Monday, when we saw Joe Biden pledge to bring a quote intensity of purpose and mission to really change the culture and habits of the U.S. military, we paid attention to it. Here's what Biden said. Some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work where we're making good progress designing body armor that fits women properly.
tailoring combat uniforms for women, creating maternity flight suits, and updating, uh, updating requirements for their hairstyles. Creating maternity flight suits. Maybe those suits have been around for a while. We'd never heard of them. But here was the president of the United States promoting them at a press conference. And that phrase stuck out, not because we have some hateful bias against pregnant women flying military jets. We're pro-pregnancy, as we often say. We're also open-minded. Maybe pregnant women make the best pilots. The Department of Defense measures everything, so there's got to be extensive research on this question. If the Pentagon can show that pregnant pilots are the best, we will be the first to demand an entire air force of pregnant pilots. The problem is we're pretty confident that Joe Biden hasn't asked to see those numbers. Now, here's what disturbs me. This is what disturbs me. Typically, when a news person or a politician makes a comment about the military, they don't say a word. But what I find amazing, Marine Master Sergeant Scott Stalker, who's relatively high for a non-com, you know, Master Sergeant is about as high as you can get, released a video condemning Tucker Carlson's comments. Listen to this. I understand some comments were made yesterday and I watched the clip that Mr. Carlson produced as he referred to pregnant women in the military. I'll remind everyone that his opinion, which he has a, a right to, is based off of actually zero days of service in the armed forces. He was talking specifically about pregnant women in the armed forces today and how it makes us less, less lethal and less fit and less ready. Let me tell you where he's wrong. Those decisions were made by medical professionals, by commanders and our civilian leadership that allows for women to have more time with their children to recuperate, to get fit and ready, to take that time that's necessary that our medical professionals know is needed which actually makes us a more lethal and ready and fit force. We value women in our, in our armed forces. We value the, those that have served in the past, and we value those that have served today. We value our families in the military. Let's remember that those opinions were made by an individual who has never served a day in his life. Let's remember that's all about drama TV. God bless America. Semper Fidelis. Okay, I have a few things about this. Uh, one, I was in the military. And everything Tucker said is true. Everything he said is true. Is true. It doesn't matter if he was in the military or not. And this stalker guy brought this up twice. Not once. He brought it up twice. That Tucker wasn't in the military. Do you know who else wasn't in the military? President Joe Biden. And President Joe Biden's opinion actually affects policy in the military. And so him saying that, Stalker saying that Tucker should not have any opinion on the whole thing because he wasn't in the military. Well, your policy is being defined by someone who wasn't in the military. So I would think that would be more dangerous. I, I just think it's an absolutely asinine argument. But the big thing here is this just doesn't happen. You do not, as a military personnel, have an opinion on something like this. When I was in the ROTC, I actually volunteered for a Republican for a Republican campaign. I became a ballot uh, guy. I actually picked up ballots 
things like that, returned them to the returned them to the counting place. I actually did. And one of the things I was going to do is wear the uniform, and I was told by my commander at the time, you do not wear your uniform when you when you're in a political process because we don't want to the army in this case it was the army to actually go out and look like we're choosing a specific political candidate or a specific specific platform or a specific political party you do not wear the uniform and make statements like this what this guy did is goes against i'd say a good 10 years uh, seven six seven years of training that i went through no one in the military should be taking sides when it comes to becomes part of policy decisions. They shouldn't. They should have nothing to do with it. You don't have to like someone, what someone says, but it is not up to you to point it out. You are basically, when you point it out, you are basically taking a side and suddenly the military looks biased. When the military starts to have political opinions... And we're talking at the leadership. Now, this stalker is a sergeant. He He's influential, but he's not a heavy leader. They start expressing themselves and putting these policies into practice or putting their belief systems into practice. That's when the tyrant's tyranny starts. Because here's the thing. The military is a group that does not commit to an individual does not commit to a policy, does not swear an oath to a president, it swears an oath to the Constitution. And that's really important. The military has a responsibility to protect the Constitution and this country, including the government, it's including from the government itself. So if the government becomes tyrannical, it is the military's responsibility to perform a coup and things like that. I, I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's true. That's why it's so important that the military remain neutral. And what I'm seeing now is wokeism is coming. And that is just not a good thing. Okay, well, there's my diatribe about the military. Uh, you can follow me on uh, uh, Parlor and uh, Parlor and Rumble. Uh, at uh, at dumbasses talking politics, you can follow me on Twitter at Runnin Fool R U N N I N F E W L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, and Rumble. Visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I actually have a ton of links on this subject. Uh, have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. Listen to Dumbass Talking Politics.